make sure it's recording. Transmission incoming. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show. Let's do it. Episode 0090, titled Scarlet Billows Start to Spread. Hello, you've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. This podcast may contain mature language, words like shenanigans, and yippity skippity. On this podcast, we will have a new cocktail and cocktail corner. We will have a quiz related to the movie in feature presentation and in feature presentation we will be tackling the aquatic thriller the shallows it's all very exciting we have all this and more plus a rank plus some news plus film history let's head into the cantina and into the vip booth and get episode 0090 started It's hard for me to concentrate on the introduction because I had sweat dripping into my eyes and that wasn't tears. It was sweat from exertion, from folding laundry. Sitting to the left of me, he makes beer, he makes trouble, and he solves problems. One of those things doesn't belong. His name is Beer Maker Matt. Happy Saturday. Also joining us on the podcast today, she is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, I believe still. <laughs> Her name is Heathen. I think you should punt a baby. If you, anytime you hear this sound, uh, that's that's fine to hit this baby. Drink along with us at home. Keep yourself hydrated. It's a hot July. Mm. It tastes so good, and it tastes so fine. The hot July <gasps> moon. Oh Jesus. damn. <laughs> Take that head. Tony Omeo almost got all wet. <laughs> so, beer maker Matt's actually making his first official appearance in a couple months. He made a secret appearance on the last episode. How do, how do you feel about that, Matt? Being reduced to a deleted scene. <laughs> oh, that's right. We didn't end up posting the last one. I posted okay. your part. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Huh? But you were just kind of like a ghost yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it was an alternative history. Nice. Well, hopefully we don't have to delete this one as well. Everything seems to be recording. <laughs> we will be checking your work. Yeah, we should trade papers at the end and see who did best. Did you ever trade papers in school and then you had a friend that just gave you all right marks anyway? Or just some person that would do it? Like would just correct your answers just randomly and you didn't even know them? No. No, that never happened. Well, you only we went to school with like of... seven people. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
that ever happened to you, Matt? No, I never traded papers. No, you never traded papers in school. You yeah. don't remember having to trade papers and correct somebody else's? Mm. Well, then wow. you're definitely weirder than me. Did your teacher just do all the work, <laughs> or did you, you guys solve? Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, we never had to grade each other's papers. I didn't think that was even something that teachers did. Here, yeah, do my work for me. Grade my she, papers. Well, yeah, I remember like, teachers saying, okay, switch to the person on your li- right or behind you, and then she would read out the answers. Especially younger school, like when you did the, did you guys ever do like the two-minute multiplication tables, like in fourth grade or something like that, or third grade? Be like 60 multiplication problems, or like maybe the spelling bees things where you had like 20 words. Anyways, let's go to film history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sopping wet with beer. In film history. I'm doing a number on this baby. July 2nd, 1980. That is this date, although today is 2016. But July 2nd, 1980, Airplane was released. Right, Heather Coe? Nice. I mean, Fantastic. Even, now I gave away your real name. I have to edit that out <laughs> so people don't assassinate you. <laughs> Uh, when Airplane was released sure okay. during the summer of 1980, no one was quite sure what to make of its machine gun splatter of corny jokes and absurd send-ups. But within weeks, the small $3.5 million comedy was on its way to earning nearly $84 million domestically. A trio of Wisconsin writers who were living in L.A., two brothers, David and Jerry Zucker, and their friend Jim Abrams, they stumbled on the idea while trying to get new material for the comedy group Kentucky Fried Theater. They would often tape late-night television looking for new ads to parody in their comedy sketches. One night, they also taped a 1957 B-movie called Zero Hour, a black-and-white disaster film written by airport creator Arthur Haley. Uh, They quickly turned Zero Hour's adventure plot about a traumatized war ace forced to fly a commercial flight after the two pilots get food poisoning into a poster board onto which hang every conceivable joke about 70s disaster films. (laughs) The Oddball script didn't get any takers originally. It wasn't until after the John Landis-directed Kentucky Fried movie um, proved marketable that they got financing for Airplane. The casting was inspired. For the leads, they insisted on non-comic actors, Robert Stack, Leslie Nielsen, Peter Graves, and Lloyd Bridges, who might have actually played these characters had this been a non-parody movie, like a real action film. Um, The straighter the actors played their parts, the funnier the film became. I think I, I mentioned before that Leslie Nielsen didn't even realize it was a comedy. He really did try to play it seriously. Really? Um, <laughs> while some of them, like Peter Graves, was fearful that his role might reduce his reputation, especially with lines like, You ever seen a grown man naked? Others, like matinee idol, idol Leslie Nielsen, found a whole new career playing comedy. <laughs> especially after being shocked that he was in a comedy. Yeah. What do you think about Airplane Heathen? What do you think about David Letterman not being an airplane? I think it's okay that he was not in the movie, and I like the movie the way it is. Sure. I'm just yeah. wondering why it took $3.5 million to make that movie back in the 70s. 1980. Yeah. Um, yeah. 3.5 is probably still pretty small then. They had, I haven't seen it for a while, but they probably had a few locations. They filmed. I can't remember. I mean, I, and I might be getting confused with Airplane 2 as well. Which is the one where he has a drinking problem and keeps throwing water in his face. Is that the first one or the second one? Couldn't tell you. I've got a drinking <laughs> problem and he just pours it all over himself. Anyways. Because <laughs> he's traumatized. Right. All right, Heathen. 
You ready for your news? How about we hit a baby first? This time I'll get it in my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not even pretty hard to baby. It's delicious. Oh, my lord. Heathens. Heathens. What was the new song I was going to change mine to? Um. Not, oh, well. Hallelujah? Yeah. That's what it is. That would be a good one. Why do you have to start every single news? Because it's my about? segment. I can say what I want. <laughs> do you know I edit this out every single time? I don't really care. I don't care what you do. You just like it work for me. You're just mean. This is my serious microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's your concentrating microphone. Does it make you nervous? <laughs> yes, a little bit. It does. <laughs> At the box office. The Purge 3 tops Tarzan and Spielberg bombs with the BFG. How do you pronounce Spielberg? Spielberg. Okay. Did I say it wrong? Spielberg. Spielberg. That old Spielberg feller. You know. That's what they get for making a movie called BFG. Now they're letting the Jews direct movies. (laughs) You know what I'm doing that. Fucking giant. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. My raw doll. For the third consecutive week, Finding Dory is expected to swim to the top of the box office charts. This weekend was supposed to be a big blockbuster battle between The Legend of Tarzan and the BFG, but they're both not doing as anticipated. So the purge that we're going to go see tomorrow is right underneath Finding Dory. It is a very unusual time when horror movies like Conjuring 2 and... Purge 3, a third movie in a horror movie, are getting better reviews than uh, Spielberg-directed movies. Although, his his that, that one's actually not getting bad reviews. The Tarzan one's getting pretty slammed. They said it's very... Like, they said this would have been fine in the 50s, but it's, yeah. like, very cliche. Um, Big Fucking Giant, I heard, is... Like, just a charming little movie. They took out a lot of the Roald Dahl dark elements, which they usually do in all Roald Dahls. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. You know the guy who did James and the Giant Peach yeah. and Willy and the Willy Wonka? Mm-hmm. His, his, his books were children books, but they were supposed to be, like, somewhat subver- subversive. Um, or, like, secret meetings, like Snozzleberries, I think. is It's either Boogers or Jizz. I can't remember what it is. But, <clears throat> anyways. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> big fucking giant I heard is a pleasure. Or I don't big, think that. I don't or think big that, friendly giant. Yeah, for. big friendly giant. Big fucking giant would be the porn parody. <laughs> hey kids, our let's big go fucking s- hymen would be one, right? No, that doesn't. That's not a G. Big flaccid giant. <laughs> hey kids, let's go see the big fucking giant. <laughs> you know, I'll never be able to not say that now. It's called BFG, Heather. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's supposed to be big fucking gun, not giant. I don't even know what it's supposed to be for, so you could tell me something and I would probably believe it. BFG was the big name f- of a gun in like the 80s and Duke Nukem, I think big, was the game. Big fucking Gentile. So it's like a huge joke throughout like the whole gaming community that they named a movie about giants, BFG. Uh, okay. That's more looks history like than I needed to know. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen the preview for it or anything, so. All right. Nice work, Heather. You're welcome. Glad you did your research. I did. <laughs> Robin Hardy, the film director best known for The Wicker Man, died yesterday at 86. 
The original Wicker Man? The original one was his directorial debut. Mm. He would later go on to write and direct Lee was in that the follow-up 2011 The Wicker Tree and 1986 The Fatalist. And he also wrote the screenplay for The Forbidden Sun in 1989. I wish they would release the prequel, The Wicker Basket. That was where it all started. <laughs> so what came first, the wicker basket or the wicker tree? Uh, I don't know about the wicker tree. I think you made that part up. I've never heard of it. <laughs> just... Do they? Is that where wicker comes from? Does it come from a tree? I don't know. It was just a joke, like you chicken in the egg. You don't know anything about trees? No, I think wicker comes from like grass. Yeah, like a reed. It's from the reed family, I believe, uh, not a tree. So. It was just a joke. So <laughs> <laughs> last time I tried to step, try to introduce you into my stand-up here. Oh, yeah. hmm. The highly anticipated movie. I want to say Moana because that's how it's spelled, but it's okay. Mona, or or maybe it is Moana. Oh, is it the mom from Who's the Boss? No, that's Mona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it Mona. has to be Moana with the new. Uh, Disney princess is getting backlash oh, from one Polynesians. of its. Okay, well then there you go. <laughs> That's my news. They say because uh, there's always is uh, is oh I actually have a segment that I need to go back to oh. <laughs> from a call that's still on here been waiting for like four weeks, but uh, as Kellen calls it the calls in sometimes I, I, I fall out outrage or there's people that get outraged about everything that there's no reason to be outraged about, but in this film. They say that they are fat shaming fat people because one of the Polynesian gods is a big dude. No, they were actually saying that it's a negative stereotype because okay. Polynesians have not typically in the last 200 years have known to be heavy. So they have a so heavy are, character so the, and the Polynesians are like, this is unacceptable. Like that's not portraying well, the that, Polynesian yeah. correctly. And there's also Hawaiian, there's like some Hawaiian comedian I've never even heard of her before. I guess she's got some famous podcast with Polynesians and she was basically making fun of all of the Polynesians for making you know the big stink about yeah because she was like comparing pictures of you know the guy the the character and then like several like famous Hawaiians and he looks almost exactly like these like yeah Tongan people are really big yeah Yeah. Guam and stuff you know that's where some of these big um where was the American sumo comes from is he Tongan? Is, so. And isn't the rock like Tongan? But anyway, who cares? I mean, even if you come from like I don't know what country is supposed to be really thin, say the 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 Finnish, maybe I don't know. They're still allowed to have a fat person, right? <laughs> no. Are they saying <laughs> the whole according, entire? <laughs> according to the Polynesians, it's unacceptable to have any kind of a fat person portraying anything. So it should be across the that board. That was like no I, fat white people, no fat black people, just no fat. That, see, that's just another kind of stereotype. That, that's the only thing that we're allowed to make fun of these days because you can't make but fun, it's not of fun of the gays. You can't make fun of the Jews. You can't make fun of the black people well, or the white people. But I don't if know. They're fat, you I don't can. know if they're making fun of them, but if you just portray someone as big, that doesn't mean. See, now you're making it negative by saying we're making fun of them because they're big. Someone can be big. It doesn't have to be funny, Heather. I was just talking in general. <laughs> I think you missed the point by like a, a mile. But, but anyway, okay. anyone can look like anything. There's Asians that can have Texan accents, but they can't be fat. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm not sure which message this is now, Matt. This was from a 
a few podcasts ago, uh, Heather and I were having a debate about the topic. The movie was Love and Friendship, and the topic was, in the movie, there was a girl that was trying to get away from a guy that she didn't like, that liked her, and he kept pursuing her. And I was saying how this is a common problem with girls, often, that they have a lot of guy friends that the guys want to take the friendship further. And Heather says this happens more often to guys than it does to girls. So what do you think about that in your experience or just your experience in life? It doesn't have to be your own experience. Who do you think has more trouble keeping away unwanted advances, men or women? I don't know that I think it's one or the other. I, th- I think it happens on both sides, but I just from my experience... I've had, yeah, definitely more female friends that have had that issue than guy friends. Well, probably because men will just take the advances. I don't know. I agree. I, they... I, I agreed with you, but Heather just said it's completely different. Anyway, this is what our caller said. If I can find the right message, hopefully I don't play a wrong one. Here, we'll just edit it out if it is a wrong one. I think you should just keep it in. Hey, it's Kellen. I just, uh, I just listened to a voicemail that your brother left me. Nope, that's the wrong one. <laughs> hey, it's Kellen. It's 5.36 on Friday, and I was listening to the podcast, and I'm calling to leave this message because you said to call in and vote. <laughs> and I, in regards to boys having crushes on girls and girls having crushes on boys, I've had three girls that I know of that have had crushes on me. I don't think it happens as often for boys as it does for girls because I've been smitten with women, many of them, and men not have, having ever known it. But I have three in my ledger. Anyway, hope you're well. Well, three is more than I've had, <laughs> I think. So Colin's doing well for himself. So what was the message from your brother? I don't know. That's for another <laughs> podcast. That was that was an old segment. I would say I'd have more than three, but it's not like a, an obsessive thing. It's basically, yeah, you just... Girls tend to move on where if it, there's guys out there that just don't get that many girls, and I, they, I guess they can hang on to it longer than a girl would. I don't know. I don't know. I can I, see where I was wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. We're just getting people's experiences. That's how we get a better view of the world. In my view, I haven't seen men having as much of a problem with it as women do. Like, especially I've had friends that are fairly, not they're not even that, I would say they're average looking. And they have a lot of guys that want to pump them. And I have average looking guy friends and they don't seem to nearly have that same problem. Hmm. But it doesn't mean you're wrong. All right, heathen, are you ready to go to Cocktail Corner? Yes. All right. Ah! I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. <laughs> America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink! <laughs> This week in Cocktail Corner, we are going to do the Shark Bite Cocktail, which 
if I have had, I haven't had it since I probably turned 21, you might see this cocktail at like um, Joe's Crab Shack. Um, you might see it when you go to Mardi Gras, something like that. They call it Shark Bite because it's blue with red on top. So I have pre-squeezed the lime. I squeezed in two limes. It calls for the recipe calls for a half fluid ounce of lime juice. I actually think I probably at least doubled that. Oh well, I hope you like it, limey heathen. <laughs> um, limey. I need so it, uh, at home you're going to get some ice. You're going to fill up some rocks glasses with ice. Then you're going to fill up your shaker with ice. You're going to put in one ounce of simple syrup. So you can, yeah, however you want to squirt that in there. I'm actually using some um, uh, some mint simple syrup, which will be fine since we've got extra lime. We're going to do three quarters of an ounce of spiced rum. This is rum, but it's spiced. What is spiced rum spiced with, Matt? Spices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secret spices. I can't. We're also going to do another three-fourths of an ounce of light rum. This is your rum, but it's light. We're using some generic light rum this week. I think the uh, spiced rum we have is just above generic. (laughs) We're going to do a half ounce of blue carousel. Is that how you pronounce it, Elin? Yeah. Or do you pronounce it Krokoa? Krakatoa. It's carousel, right? I don't know. Curacao. I think it's Curacao. Uh, as I said, we already put in the lime juice. Caraco. Caraco. And now we are just going to give everything a shaky shake. We're not going to put in the grenadine yet. That's going to be floated on top like blood. Gross. Blood on the water, <laughs> heathen. Nice shaking. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. shake your booty. Shake your booty. Ow. Why can't you do that for my song? I have a song to sing at the end of the episode, but Heathens refused to sing it. I did not say that. She said, you sound terrible. I think everyone should hear you do it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and pour. We, we're doing mini glasses here, but the uh, recipe I gave you should be enough for like one big uh, margarita type glass or a, um, something like that. We're, we're pouring it in our sampler glasses. <laughs> And then once you pour it in the blue in there, all shaken up and, and distributed, you're going to put just a couple drops of grenadine on top. Just to, you don't really, we're not really adding the grenadine for any type of flavor or sweetness. Just, you know, Blood. just to make effect. it. Yeah. So if you see it. Um, Maybe if, not so much. Yeah. Like, like literally like three <laughs> drops. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it's a pretty color. Yeah. But, like, if you get this at Joe's Crab Shack, something like that, it'll come in a fancy, like, shark tube that'll drain the blood slowly into uh, your glass, something like that. I don't know. These are kind of neat because these drinks cost, like, $11 at a restaurant, and, you know, you buy it at home, and it's, you know, the rum cost a little bit. But um, Anything you guys want to toast to? How about the chicken wing festival? Yeah. Chicken wing. Heather, Ain't no your... thing but a chicken wing. Heathen, what's your favorite chicken wing? The one that looks like a really big chicken wing. That oh, almost like looks the, like a chicken leg. The pork one? The pork yeah. legs? Mm-hmm. They call, what do they call them? Hog wings or something? <laughs> pork pops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pork pops. That's probably Cheers. what it is. 
That is a lot of lime juice. Sorry, guys. Woo! <laughs> no, that's a lot Definitely of lime juice. Definitely wants you to pucker up and kiss a shark. Well, it said a half <laughs> ounce of lime juice, and I probably put in an ounce and a half. <laughs> I didn't know two limes would give me that much juice. <laughs> Who knew? Two so, limes. So two if, limes. So if you do this at home, maybe use less good limes. I, I got lucky on the limes. <laughs> You want you want you don't want a nice green lime. You want, want a lime. A nice yellow lime. Well, they, if they're nice and <laughs> green, they usually one. aren't. Um, they're they're not easy to squeeze the juice out of yet, and you don't want the big ones either. Like a nice small lime. All right, he, all right, guys, are you ready to play a game? <laughs> Shall we play a game? Uh, heathen, what is your favorite marine animal? Maybe a seahorse. A seahorse, spear maker, Matt. What's your favorite marine animal? Uh, manatee. <laughs> okay. Is that really true? No. I think, I think you're more manatee. of a, a starfish. Also kind of known a as the sea cow. <laughs> orca. There we go. Are you orca. sure? There's a big difference. <laughs> Shamu. Although they have a lot of curves, both of them. Shampoo. So what are you going with? You going with orca? Yeah, I'll do orca. And, I think you should make him stick with the very first one. Yeah, I want, I want, I want to hear you say manatee, actually. <laughs> manatee. <laughs> and he then you're doing a seahorse? Yes. Okay. So if you know the answer to these questions, these themed questions, ring in with your caller's name. Here is a test question. This is not a real question. Are there people in the swimming pool outside? Manatee. Manatee. Yes. That is correct. Now you know how to play the game. <laughs> All right. Question number one. West Side Story, of course, is a modernization of Romeo and Juliet. Replacing the Capulets and the Montagues are two rival gangs, the Jets and the what? Manatee. Manatee. Sharks. The Sharks is correct for one point. <laughs> this band formed in Los Angeles in 1977. It is, uh, they are known for such songs as Once Bitten Twice Shy, Rock Me, and Lady Red Light. Oh, Time's up. The answer is Great White. Great White. Number three. Great White is a beer from Lost Coast Brewery from which state? Uh, Manatee. Manatee. California. California is correct. Eureka, California. Two to zero. (laughs) This this mustachioed sexy man directed and starred in 1981's Sharky's Machine. Seahorse. Seahorse. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds oh, is correct. Nice. Yay! Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins defeated this team in this year's Stanley Cup Finals. Manatee. Manatee. The Sharks. That is correct. The San Jose Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Final question. I don't think there's any uh, t- uh, any room for either the heathen to catch. Heather? Can't, 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 <laughs> can't the feel heather. the heather. Oh. A video recently surfaced of a young Vin Diesel demonstrating this line of toys in 1994. Manatee. Manatee. Street Sharks. Street Sharks is correct. I think this was a little sexist. <laughs> Bonus question. <laughs> Pretty much all the answers were shark. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus question. 2001 gave us this Farley Brother comedy starring Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth uh, the answer is Shallow Hal. Hal, yeah. All right. You guys ready for a feature presentation? My answer didn't have a shark in it. 
Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds Burt Reynolds dressed like a shark. <laughs> that would be a cool Halloween costume. Or superhero costume. What are you supposed to be on? Burt Reynolds dressed like a shark. With a big hat. <laughs> and a mustache. Can't stop the heather. Danger. Reservation. <laughs> This week's movie is The Shallows, PG-13, with a runtime of 1 hour 26 minutes. Here is the synopsis from Sony Pictures. I like doing this in the daytime because I can read my notes. Doesn't mean I can read better, but I can see them. In this taut thriller, The Shallows, when Nancy, played by Blake Lively, is surfing on a secluded beach, she finds herself on the feeding ground of a great white shark. Though she is stranded only 200 yards from shore, survival proves to be the ultimate test of wills, requiring all of Nancy's ingenuity, resourcefulness, and fortitude. Originally, I think somewhat um, ironic, maybe not ironic is the right word, but this film was called In the Deep. Now it's called The Shallows. It's like a complete opposite. <laughs> uh, Louis Latreyer was originally set to direct, but he left the film due to creative differences and also they reduced his budget. And the the new director, um, I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name, Jean Collessier, he directed um, Clash, the new Clash of the Titans, 2005's Incredible Hulk, the Transporter movies. Unleashed, I think that was the one with Jet Li, the one where he was unleashed. Um, oh, sorry, that was Louis Latreyer. He directed those movies. Um, the new guy, the Cole Serrer, he directed um, Orphan. That was about it. I don't know the rest of these movies. <laughs> Run All Night. I th- was that the one with um, the guy from uh, Fast and Furious that died? I don't know what that one is. <laughs> anyway, this film was shot in part off the Gold Coast of Australia. The rest of the filming was in a swimming pool. Nice. Blake Lively really did slam her face into the buoy, which caused her a uh, bloody nose while shooting the climatic ending. By the way, this part may contain spoilers. If you want to know if Blake Lively survived or not, then <laughs> you better stop now. Um, during the climatic ending, the face and bloody nose both made it to the final cut of the film. You can see her during the end. That, was, that is real blood, and that is really her smashed up nose. <laughs> Heathen. It's <laughs> good to know. This film had an estimated budget of $17 million, and on opening weekend, it nearly made that back, so it probably will end up being a success. Um, we went and saw it the following Tuesday, and the movie theater was nearly sold out i was telling matt that i was surprised how how busy it was i haven't seen a theater that full for a non blockbuster movie since straight out of compton i mean when you go to like the captain america marvel movies they're sold out but this one there was like people still streaming in at the end and there was like no seats left like none like none well i think i think people are yeah looking for these kind of non-traditional movies yeah, which some, is why movies like Conjuring Two are doing so well this year. Something different, uh, a good summer movie. There hasn't uh, horror, a shock, something. You know, Jaws was like the big thing for so long. There's a reason besides being fairly well put together that it's done well and made people afraid to get into the ocean. We just, I mean, seventeen million dollars. That's actually a pretty low budget for a mainstream, wide released movie. You don't usually see anything 
less than $25 million, I wouldn't say, unless it's like a micro-budget film. So 17 is pretty low, but there was one actress and a couple guys that probably were paid as... Well, they weren't... I mean, I'm sure they weren't paid too much. And then basically one location. I mean, they did shoot it in two locations, but they kept the cost down. Uh-huh. Smart. Blake Lively's not my favorite, but she looked pretty good for just having a baby like 10 months earlier. There really is only like one real like CGI type shot that I can think of in that movie too. So most of it looked like it was, you know, done practically. Yeah. So let's see. This was, as I said, 10 months, uh, shot 10 months after 28 year old, uh, Blake Lively had her first child. She's now knocked up again by Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Are you upset about that? No. I never really liked Blake Lively. Hey, Heathen, did you hear about when Blake Lively sent out that tweet about her ghetto booty or Oakland booty? No. So she she sent out a, she was at a red carpet event and she uh, tweeted out like a picture of her rumpus, her rumpus room. And she quoted Mr. Mix-A-Lot saying, um, LA face with an Oakland booty. And people got, again, talking about up in controversy and up in arms about something that doesn't matter. Like, this is what's wrong with white people, and they just want to keep, like, it's okay to have a pretty face, that's the white person, and then you have a big ass, that's just so a black stereotype. No, you, no quoting Sir Mix-a-Lot for right. any <laughs> white person. Sir Mix-a-Lot himself said he was okay with it, because well, yeah. he was pretty busy flipping burgers. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I, I thought, actually, uh, when I was looking at reviews of this movie, a lot of the highlights, even the negative reviews, said that Blake Lively did a pretty good job in this. Um, there were some parts towards the beginning that I thought were kind of cheesy, but I think overall she she did well acting by herself. You know, that's not that easy to do. I'm not... I'm not I don't think she's terrible. Yeah. And I don't think she was bad in Age of Adeline. I guess she's going on. I don't know. Maybe it's just when you start with Gossip Girl, it's just hard to work your way out of that. Uh, Heathen or Matt, what do you think of Seagulls? <laughs> I kept expecting her to like break its neck instead of like fix its wing. So that's you... what I thought she was going to use as the bait. I thought she was going to like yeah. kill it and put it out on the board so she yeah. could swim the. I mean, that's what I would have done. <laughs> Fuck you, Steven Seagull. I thought it was cute. Now, one thing I did think was cool about the seagull. Because personally, seagulls are one of my least favorite animals, and they're probably my least favorite bird. They are chickens, but on the ocean, and they don't give you eggs that taste good. (laughs) They are dumb, and they're annoying. But this seagull, like, he was pretty well trained for a seagull. What do they, how do you, what do you think they did to him? Did you think they really broke his wings so he couldn't fly away? No. I mean, you can train homing pigeons, and pigeons are even worse than seagulls, so. Pigeons have loyalty. There's (laughs) seagulls that eat pigeons. Have you seen those videos? No. No. I was eating a shark. I mean, a baby on my own. <laughs> a baby shark? That's fine to hit this baby. <laughs> What's your least favorite bird, heathen? I think I just said it. Okay. Pigeons? I don't really care for pigeons. Yeah, pigeons kind of suck too. But they don't make those annoying sounds. They coo. My favorite That's is way a better quail. Than- Mm-hmm. Quails you can't really yeah. eat. They're so cute. The babies are so cute. So one thing, Matt, where were we talking about the part that was CGI? Because here's what I was going to talk about next. I don't know if it's CGI, but it was something that threw me off. What what was was it? Where the shark swimming around her when she's on the island, or 
Uh, yeah, I mean, those were... Or, or you said obvious CGI. Uh, yeah, like obvious like CGI. CGI. Um, the, the obvious one was the very end. You know, how the... Where he ate the thing? Where, yeah, he, you know, impaled himself. Oh, yeah. And also, just, I don't... I, I, it was hard for me to take it as obvious CGI just because I just don't expect a shark or any animal to ever do that. Yeah. Um... We should definitely get back to that part in a minute, if I remember. Um, what I was going to say is they they did, they shot, like a lot of movies, they shot, well, maybe not a lot of movies, but Matt and I talked about this. It seemed like they shot day for night in this, so there's night scenes that they probably shot in the daytime. And what made it obvious that they were doing that is there's a part where she's on the rock, and she doesn't move, and it's daytime, and it slowly fades to dark and it looks very colorized and some of that to me seemed like that that may have been shot in the swimming pool because it, i don't know if it was the colorization or a lot of the cgi the reason you can tell it's a cgi is there's this subtle that i don't even think i could point it out but i think our brain is trained for it there's this outline around the body that our brain knows looks weird Anytime you're against a green screen or something like that, a lot of times you point it out. So there's parts where she was sitting on the rock that, to me, looked like that the backdrop wasn't really there. But it it may have been. It may have just been the colorization process. I don't know. Um, I was going to say, though, um, that overall, especially in the beginning, I liked that they did take some time to use some of the cinematography for the surfing. I was actually in place with Blake Lively surfing because she, I tried surfing once and that was a lot better than I ever did. <laughs> surfing was really fucking hard for me, but I don't really have the greatest balance. Um, but I thought that was good and I'm glad that they went to that because there's a whole genre of films for extreme, I don't know if you call them extreme sports, but snowboarding skiing surfing when i lived in san diego uh, i had like acquaintances that were like these hardcore surfers and they would we would go into a, a bar and they would have on a tv like one of these surfing videos on a loop and they would just all of a sudden be like a deer stuck in this headlights be like whoa you know you have to get pulled out there in a helicopter and drop down onto a wave to get it that gnarly <laughs> and then they would just sit there and watch the the, the surf videos the whole time you know these videos heathen no well, you know the uh, the snowboard videos, like mm-hmm. the ones that uh, Caprice always. So goes it's through. just it's just like extreme surfing. Yeah, and it's just that's all it is. It's just watching people surf. So it's I think it was important. I think they could have done a better job with that, but I mean, it is just Blake Lively, and I'm glad that they actually showed her surfing instead of a body double doing some crazy ass stunt or something. But I thought it was cool. One thing I was going to say for me personally. Um, for my taste, is they did use a little bit too much slow motion. I think once in a while is cool. It always makes things look better, like the Dave Chappelle skit. Everything looks more epic in slow motion. There was some stuff at the beginning where it's like, okay, this is this is enough slow motion now. We, we got it. We don't need to now see her whip her hair in slow motion. We don't need to see her like crawl up on the beach in slow motion. We don't need to see her eat an apple in slow motion. Well, that part didn't happen. But What did you think about the cinematography, just the overall look of the film, guys? Uh, I think it matched the the content. So I mean, there's it was on a beach. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of um, you know film effects that you can do or special um, you know film techniques that you can do that it's actually going to make it you know look good. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Like try to shoot it pretty naturally. You've got a setting. They're shooting it in Australia. Just just get it. 
It's one of my problems with action movies, as I've said nowadays, and why I like some action movies better in the 70s when they had film and they had to get things in one yeah. take. Sometimes it just looks better to get things in one take. Just, just get what's there. You don't have to add in. Like the first Jurassic Park, they added very few CGI effects because CGI wasn't good. And that movie looks better than so many movies that came after it because they were working with... Go back to the... I mean, even though a lot of it was cheesy, the 77 Star Wars film where they were doing shit with models and stuff. Of course, some things looked really dumb, like the Rancor. Well, that was like 83, but <laughs> it looked really good. Better better than um, than some CGA not nowadays. Uh, I did like this movie for one thing. Is it... Is it um, Growing up, I would say from about six years old to maybe 15 or 16 years old, I was really into horror movies. And one genre of horror movies that took place in the 70s and maybe the late 50s, mostly I would say the 70s, were the animal attack movies like Piranha, Grizzly, um, Cujo a little bit later. So I like this return to this sort of horror genre of the animal attack film. Jaws, of course, is a big one. So that was that was nice. Um, Heathen or Matt, have you ever gone on a journey or a trip or a solo adventure to find yourself or and or connect with the past? Maybe connect with a relative that you want to know what they were feeling at the time. I don't know. What would you say that Blake Lively was doing in this movie? Was was she was she trying to find herself and connect with the past? That's what I wrote. What would you th- think, say her goal was? <clears throat> I think she was just maybe trying to connect with her mom a little bit. Yeah. Maybe clear her head a little bit. Obviously, medical school wasn't maybe exactly... Well, okay, because that's because she wasn't able to save her mom because her mom had cancer. Right. So, trying to get her thoughts... To, what do you think? What, Matt, so the first question, what do you think that she was... What was her goal... Or what was her what was her reason for going to this secret beach? Uh, to find meaning in in her life. I mean, she thought she was you know going to medical school to do something you know meaningful with her life, and then she couldn't even save her mom who had cancer. So she was looking for something to to give her life some not just meaning, but um, some reason to to continue on with what she was doing. I agree. So have you, have you guys done a, a trip or an activity like that to get your, your mind like that for any reason? I don't think I have. I mean, not that scale. Maybe I go for a drive. <laughs> I did go on what I call the burning ring of fire trip, mm-hmm. but it? it just happened to be like a bunch of deaths too. So it kind of like it started. I was just going to Sacramento. Because my best friend's dad had passed away, and it was like the same week that my dad had passed away, but a couple years before. And then as soon as my best friend's dad passed away, my girlfriend in Arizona called and said that her dad had passed away. So I drove from Sacramento to Phoenix, and then from Phoenix back up to Elko. So it was a big a big circle, and it was kind of nice because I got to reconnect with people that I hadn't seen in a long time, and talk about my dad and talk about their dad and be there for the funerals and things like that so but that wasn't the original plan nope i was just going to support chakisha while her dad died Hmm. that was it or maybe take a trip to sacramento you know (laughs) so what about have you ever had a either a secret swimming spot or just a secret spot in general that you would go to like in high school just a spot you and your buddies would go to or maybe even before high school like by your house or 
Spot in the woods. Spot where you go sneak a smoke. <laughs> Spot where all the people go hook up and play five minutes in the bush. Well, people have those, but I mean, to be by myself, it was just a place along a canal in Rotterdam. Mm, and I... so, you know how, like, I don't know if any, well, I know, Matt, you probably didn't because you have weird teachers, but <laughs> it, I remember my teacher, they taught us kind of how to meditate while we were in school. And so they would say, pick a place. That must that, have been Los Southern California. Yeah. yeah that so, sounds pretty fucking fruity. So, um... You know, pick a place that you can go to that's calm, that's quiet, and it was always that place along the canal with the... What grade was that? Fifth and sixth grade. And what part of the day would they do this? <laughs> Just as like a... I think it was after lunch. It's a good <clears> idea. To kind of get us back into the groove of things. Matt, any secret spots? Uh, one of my first ever backpacking trips was in Yosemite and we, we found this kind of cool little spot that overlooked the Yosemite, little Yosemite Valley. And, um, I've taken, yeah, several like friends there backpacking before and, or, you know, after that and since, you know, nice. it, we haven't gone in a while just because it, it's like disneyland there now so we've got other spots that we go to a new secret spot that happens a lot with like quote secret spots and i they might i can't remember if they said something like that in this movie or not but not that this is a secret spot but people aren't going to burning man anymore because it's too many people there used to be a a place in thailand where they'd have a full moon party and it started really small and now it's just a gigantic thing so now they're doing the still official bo- uh, full moon party is on this one island, but now they're doing it on these other islands too because it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's it's like you got to be the cool kid to find the secret spots early because if you find the secret spot late, it's just not cool anymore. Yeah. It's it's hard to find like good beaches that aren't, you know, like um, unless you're a local. There's a lot of good beaches in Thailand, but if you just read like a, a guidebook from ten years ago, you're gonna be over overrun by overpriced hotels and and Australians trying to. Australian you. Nobody wants that. No, well. <laughs> Them Australians. Now that's a cock. Giving you one from Dan under. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> um, heathen or Matt, uh, what do you think of the name was of the secret beach in this movie? Secret beach or <laughs> no name beach. Uh, you have a guess? No. There's no answer. Yeah. I just wondering what you guys thought. <laughs> Some people think it was called The Shallows. Some people think... I was thinking it was going to be called Shark Beach or something like that. That's why they didn't want to tell anyone. That was oh. my guess. My, yeah, I, that's what I... During the movie, I was like, it's got to be something shark. Well, my, the, my, my guess was like Shark Cove. Well the, um, well, the guys that were there like, you know, twice a day or whatever it was surfing, they even said they, there's no sharks here. Well, they said there's some little tiger sharks or something, like nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, the internet also thought it might be called Paradise. Someone else thought it might be called... I can't remember. Well, uh, something to do with the pregnant mother. Yeah, preg- she, she thought it looked like a pregnant pregnant. Pregnant beach? <laughs> pregnant, preg- <laughs> pregnant shark beach? I don't know. All right, Heathen, tell us about swimming alone. Let's oh, not... <laughs> Uh, I almost drowned in San Diego swimming alone. I got caught in an undertow. Better than being caught in a shark. 
Yeah. Well, that was my first fear was, oh, great, I'm going to be taken out and eaten by a shark. I really didn't think that. They probably just would have drowned, which would have been, but have been better be eaten by a shark. No, I, I don't want either one of those things. Um, After that, I've been really afraid of water, so. Did you swim back or somebody had to grab you or? No, that was even worse because I remember, like, screaming for help, and there was a guy, I was probably only, like, 13 years old, and I was in like a teen camp we were away for a week so i didn't i didn't really know anybody but just like a couple of my friends and i was swimming alone forgot to ring my bell for one dead count earlier no you just do that to interrupt me (laughs) um a couple yards away there was a guy who was swimming too and he just looked at me and i was so i was so afraid and i just thought i'm never first of all he was like the guy in the phil collins song what? In the air tonight? Uh, he was just going to watch you drown, and then Eminem was going to write a song about him later. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> that could have been me. Could have been famous. What about you, Matt? Are you the type of guy that swims out so you can't even see the shore anymore? Uh, I'm not, like, scared of ocean water, but I don't think I've ever, like, yeah, swam out to just swim out. I used to do it all the time. All the time until that. Nope, not even maybe to my knees, maybe a little bit higher, but that's it. I, I'm like heathen. My my imagination gets away with from me. Although she didn't really mention that part. Also, I'm not the strongest swimmer. I'm like I'm, I'm an average swimmer. Um, occasionally, I would swim out till I realized, oh shit, I can't see the shore anymore, and then I would start to panic a little bit. Only one time did I get a little taste of an undertow because we used to just stay near the ocean in in Southern California. I mean, near the ocean. Near the near the shore, we would like body surf and just try to slam ourselves into the ground. And I mean, pretty much little waves. And one time, I got pulled just like just a little bit, like not even that bad. But I was just imagining what that could be like. And if you go out and you can't, you don't even know which way is up or down. Mm-hmm. But I would have problems. I grew up where I grew up. We had rivers, but we had a lake we would go to um, that was very dark in the middle of the woods, and it's a man-made lake, so you know there's nothing in there. But I'd swim out to the middle of the lake. And you can't see anything anyway. It's just inky black. And then I would start to get in. This is like pretty much when I'm an adult. Like I was 21. I would start thinking about that. <laughs> like Lake this, Placid. Yeah. I mean, this, this sounds really ridiculous. But I start thinking of some like prehistoric like dinosaur that lived down underground that was like in hibernation that's just finally woken right. up and decides he needs to come up and eat. <laughs> and then I'd be like, shit, I got to get to And I was like, like I said, 21. Like no reason to have those kinds of thoughts. But because I, I just still do. There, I'm, I still do. Guarantee you, there's sharks in Tahoe. To me, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Well, we don't know what's in Tahoe. We've got a Tessie in Tahoe. That's different, and that's not a that's yeah, not a man-made nice. lake. She's nice. Tahoe so, Tessie is. A good so there was one time that I do remember, like swimming out and being like, "Oh shit, I'm way out here." But it was like snorkeling, so you know, my head is underwater the whole time I'm swimming. And then I saw a barracuda, and I was like, "Oh, um, I should probably start heading back that way." Yeah, like um, I've never, I've never gone scuba diving or whatever, but that's what they, they say. Or I guess same thing with snorkeling is make sure you get like a rock or something to keep as a landmark because if you just start going willy nilly around, like you don't know yeah. how to get back to shore sometimes. Somebody tried to get me to go scuba diving once, and we went to Utah to a man-made one to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't no. I want to tell you guys a little bit Not about doing sh- it. A little bit about sharks. Just, just a few, <laughs> a few, have to? a few fun facts. 
The largest great white shark, shark ever recorded was in Cuba. It measured 21 feet and about um, 7,300 pounds. Uh, although great white sharks can reach lengths of... Um, hmm, I was going to say that side. They're not the largest shark in the ocean. They're just the largest predatory shark. They have six senses. Sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, and electroreception. That's like how they can... I don't know what they do with that. <laughs> um, they also are sensitive to low-frequency sounds, uh, which is produced by struggling prey. So they're like into that bass, all about that bass, like Megan Trainer. Great white sharks, are, uh, I already said that. They don't have eyelids. Instead, they roll their eyes back into the back of their heads to protect them, like, you know, they're being possessed. <laughs> and they do that a lot so they don't get, like, thrashed when they're biting stuff. Um, similar to a whale, great white sharks will often stick their heads out of the water to inspect their prey. This is known as spy hopping. Great no. white great white sharks can breach the water of over six feet into the air. Yeah, I'm good. So they can actually jump up on land and get you, Heather. Yeah. Even. Not gonna do Great that. white sharks grow very slowly and they only become sexually mature after about eight or ten years. Sounds like me. Um <laughs> They are one of the most widely distributed sharks and are found in all oceans except the polar seas. After birth, great white sharks, uh, they receive no parental care and are just left to fend for themselves. So you should feel bad for those little baby sharks. Nope. So one thing I looked up, because I was curious about this movie, in this movie there's a big dead whale out there. And I'm thinking, why does this shark keep bothering poor little Blake Lively when he has a big whale to eat? And how much does this goddamn shark need to eat? He already ate a bunch of people. Well, it's probably because that whale has been sitting out there for a while. Well, maybe. But this is what I read. I said, how much, how much internet, how much do sharks need to eat? Seriously. It said, um, after a big meal, like an adult brown fur seal that weighs about 500 pounds, that can last them up to three months. If it's a small meal, like a young albatross that weighs 15 pounds, it will last the shark five or six days. So, last shark fucking ate a lot. Yeah, but I think it was more about... Because they... She mentions it a few times in the movie, but she she invaded his hunting ground or his feeding ground. So she... Oh, because of the whale. Yeah, and she actually, you know, approached his, his food. So, it was more of a... He was protecting... Even though he wasn't eating currently, he was protecting his, his stash. I wonder if sharks do that. Like, because big cats do that, I think. Um... I was somewhat mistaken about the teeth. I did talk about the teeth after the film, so I looked up about the teeth. A great white shark can have up to 300 teeth at any given time, arranged in up to seven rows. They have so many teeth because they're not embedded in bone, because, you know, the shark's all cartilage, so they lose their teeth really easily. A great white shark can't hunt without teeth, so when a tooth falls out, the rest move forward, and a new one grows in the back within a day. That's some good regenerative powers, like Wolverine style right there. That's a great white sh- A great white shark can go through more than a thousand teeth in its lifetime. No. <laughs> um, what else was... Okay. Um, so no matter what, you're always going to have a toothy shark. Mm-hmm. See, that's super scary. Like like uh, Jack the Knight, or uh, Mac no, the Knight. You could hope for like an old one that was, you know, fixing to die. Quit nope, I got so seven, fast. 700 I, teeth. I'm going to gummy with my cartilage. <laughs> Have some respect for your older sharks. 
Um, I did like uh, where uh, beer maker Matt was talking about where it looked fake at the end when the shark was was chomping up the metal. I I would like I would like to have some sort of zoo. Marine biologist on the podcast to say if that would reasonably ever happen where a shark is that pissed <laughs> that it will just start eating metal. And uh, one thing I did like about the buoy is that she um, she got an end of it and reminded me of those shark cages. That Would you ever do that, Heathen? Go to South Africa and get one in one of those shark cages? No. I, I, no. <laughs> would you I do that, Matt? Mm-mm. Or have you yeah, done that? Yeah, I'd do it. That's like a big... I had a friend when I worked at United Airlines. He flew to South Africa just to get in one of the shark cages, and he took pictures. The thing that I think scary about the shark cages is usually they're still open underneath, so that shark yeah. can swim up. Most shark, And that's actually the way most sharks do attack, is they, is they can get you from the side, but they usually they like to go under their prey and come up and attack it. Mm-mm. Um. Mm-mm. I... Um, Shark Week. Well, the Shark Week recently showed uh, that they might find that um, sharks might nap during parts of the day, which is quite interesting. They find themselves a, a, a slowly moving tide because sharks have to keep swimming and they have to have um, uh, water come through their gills or through their mouth so they can breathe constantly. Yeah, to get oxygen. So for them to nap is they. they this is the first time they've ever seen it is they thought this shark was, like, napping as it slowly just stood in place in this tide. And they said it went into a catatonic, catatonic state. Huh. Anyway, so you then you wouldn't get in a shark cage? No. They, no. Said, they said all you have to do is punch a shark in the nose. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Uh, let's see. I don't think I have any other things. Did you like the movie either? It wasn't that, it wasn't that intense, right? Um... I was expecting like Jaws and Tench, which I didn't really care for when I was little. And pretty much the only reason why I watched it is because Judy was in the stupid film. Otherwise, I was think I was too young. I was like 10 or something like that. Well, one some of the negative things I read about this movie was that it was too slow. And, and again, like too much slow motion. They said if they filmed everything in regular speed, it would have been done in a minute and a half. Now, I don't think that's fair because... One, if you are doing a scary or suspenseful movie, it's all about building the suspense. You can't just have everything come at you at once or it's not scary. And the other thing, as Beer Maker Matt pointed out or or said that he heard about the movie before going into it, that this movie was more than just a scary film. It was a, a growth, a journey for the protagonist. And you can't show all of that. Although that was in some of the negative reviews I read, too. They said, we don't need to add in all this backstory. Just put her on a rock. <laughs> we don't... Because I, I kept wondering, why the hell is she trying to get that GoPro? Like, who... What Was she going to put a secret message into it and throw it across the ocean? Which actually has ended up what's saving her, so that's weird. <laughs> but I was like, well, fuck the GoPro. Hmm. And... <laughs> I don't know. The med school stuff was sort of interesting, but I don't well, know. Well, when you're in a situation like that, too, you, you'll do anything to kind of keep yourself occupied as well. Yeah, I was trying to think about just shivering out there. on the, Well, you know what was weird to me is it didn't seem like the tide had any effect ever, even though it said low tide, low <laughs> tide high tide, and they were showing that in the movie on her watch. She then, had to get off the rock before high tide. Well, that's true. I was thinking at low tide she would maybe try to make it out or that would be her time but it seemed like the rock mostly stayed the same except for when high tide was coming and low tide it seemed like the rock stayed ex- exactly the same 
Because I thought I thought that she was in the middle of the low tide. Uh, one thing that Blake Lively said in an interview I thought was interesting, and I didn't catch this in the movie, maybe it was written out, was that this film was also a comment on global warming and that sharks are being chased into shallow waters and away from their regular hunting grounds because of man's effect. So that was supposed to be part of the movie. Also, I said after the movie that... They point out that the shark had already been attacked before. He was wounded, and maybe that's why he was trying to f- fuck everyone up. I don't know. They didn't really, they didn't really go into that too much. Do sharks hold grudges? I don't think sharks are that smart. But no, I think it, I think it was more of like an instinct thing. So he was just protecting his his feeding ground or yeah. his food instinctively. And he had, and he had his loop. All right, anything else about the movie before we go into the rank? I don't like sharks. <laughs> so did we, how did you sleep the night after? I was okay. <laughs> I was Because I don't think it was like Jaws scary. Like I won't ever watch any of those ever again. Because, yeah. no, I don't need to. <laughs> Sometimes I think like little baby sharks are going to come out of the light in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Pretty healthy fear. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Ethan? No. I'm going to give you five tips how not to be eaten by a shark, Ethan. <laughs> Don't go in the water. Avoid during morning and sunset because that's when sharks are most active and also when it's easier for them to see you and you might not be able to see them. So don't go surfing at five o'clock in the morning like you're prone to do. <laughs> also, if you're going to go surfing at 5 in the morning, leave jewelry at home. That flashy jewelry, they'll mistake that for some sort of silvery fish fish in, in a minute. <laughs> Likewise, number three, avoid brightly colored clothing. Sharks are attracted to that. They do have um, actually okay sight. And again, they might mistake your bright, glittery bikini as a sailfish. Mm. Okay. Number four, avoid fishy waters. So things that are being fished by fishermen where they lay out all their chum. I said chum for fish to come in. Um, if you see a lot of like uh, seagulls or like pelicans or something, that might mean there's a lot of fish in the water there. Also, avoid swimming where there might be sewage because, again, that might attract fish to come eat. Anytime there's fish, sharks might come to feed. Mm-hmm. And so. number five, heathen, number five tip, I'm going to actually make this my number one tip for not getting bit by a shark, <laughs> is don't bleed in the water. If you're bleeding, don't get in the fucking water. Ladies. Anybody. <coughs> don't bleed in the water. <laughs> I cut my foot in the ocean once on a piece of broken glass and it hurts. I just suggest not bleeding in the water and not getting a bloody in the water either because it doesn't feel good to get sand and grit <laughs> in your foot. And don't break your goddamn beer bottle in the ocean. It's some sort of midnight rave at the beach. It hurts. Use cans. Aluminum cans. Yeah, I cut my foot in a lake. I stepped on a fish hook. I kicked the prop of a boat. Oh, yeah. People do that. Mm-hmm. So but- then I was the flag runner. For our water skiing for the rest of the week, that really fucking sucked. And it was on my birthday. <laughs> and my dog had just gotten ran over two days before we got there. Is this a country song now? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, pretty bad birthday <laughs> experience. 
Uh, it's fine to hit that baby. Can you see them? Mmm. <laughs> Drinking down my little something. All right, ready for last call? Yes. Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fade. Last call. Any last words here then? I don't think I have any. What's the movie next week? I don't know. Conjuring 2 and Purge That's what we're seeing tomorrow. Are you going, Matt? He's already seen it. Oh. But he could still be going. So what? Uh, Yeah, I've seen Conjuring. Oh, you guys are doing driving tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did I not see that? I I only posted it on Thursday. That's why. So that is the movie that we will be watching. Not sure about Tuesday yet. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. What is opening this week? That doesn't matter. That was a whole feature supposed to do. Big fucking giant, I think, open this week. Any last words, Matt? Um. Yeah, it was a good movie. Go see it. Go see it in the ocean. <laughs> With your virtual reality headset. <laughs> You then are you gonna play this outro music with me? I don't know. <laughs> All right, till next time, everybody. I guess, I guess you'll find out. Keep it wet. Again, I'm saying that. <coughs> Came here to a secret beach. Now that beach is just out of reach. My only companion is a bird. Will he witness my dying words? <laughs> Bleeding on the rock in a bay. Got my painful feeling in my leg. Bleeding on the rock in the bay. It's feeding time. Good thing I went to med school A necklace is my only tool Got bit by a goddamn shark And I'm pretty sure it's gonna leave a mark Cause I'm bleeding on the rock in the bay Got a painful feeling in my leg Bleeding on the rock in the bay, feeding time. Drunk man, don't steal my pack. Then take my surfboard after that. Now you've just been bit in half. Gangrene sitting in. My only chance is jellyfish That shark ate three man and part of whale That bayou is my holy grail It's called buoy and Whatever, it's a buoy <laughs> I'm sitting on the rock <laughs> I'm bleeding on the rock in the bay Got a painful feeling in my leg 
so I'm just gonna sit here on the rock in the bay Cause it's feeding time I, I, I'm I don't know. 